Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dead Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men have vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey now. Sometimes the topics are light, sometimes they're heavy. Changes from guest to guest, I never know until we start the show. And start the show we shall. I got a guest in the building today, another Shreveport native. I don't know if this is starting a thing or becoming a thing, but we got Shreveport in the house. I got my guy, Lamont more in the building welcome to the dear son podcast how are you my brother i'm good man thanks for having me man i i am i'm excited that you are here um so the how this happened was you saw you saw the episode with uh with james johnson correct what is your connection to james johnson james and i went to the same high school uh he was in the band with my younger brother Uh. um i used to kind of uh, I guess you could say bullied him a little bit in oh. the band. I was an upperclassman. They were younger classmen. Um, but good guy. Yeah. Uh, James and I have known each other oof, 20 years. Yeah. So um, his story kind of struck me because yeah. I could relate to a lot of things that he was talking about. Yeah. So I definitely reached out and said, hey, man, I just wanted to, well, first of all, um, kind of give you some props for doing this because oh, this is a safe space. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen podcasts where guys are able to kind of express themselves and this really struck a chord with me um, because it hit home on some things. So I said, Hey, you know, reached out and uh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So let's get right into it. James painted a picture of Shreveport that, that, uh, you know, the lens through which he saw it. Let's talk about what your experience, what your life like was in Shreveport and kind of structure it through, you know, your family dynamics and and what it was like growing up, any challenges. And then we just going to, Pull that thread until it stops or the okay. time stops. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Stoner Hill. Okay. Um, back then, it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't a bad neighborhood. Uh, everybody was close knit. It wasn't one of the bigger neighborhoods, but uh, everybody knew everybody. Yeah. So um, we had a rec center, went to the rec, shot ball. Um, everybody on the street knew each other. All the neighbors knew each other's kids, grew up. Um, so it was, it was a normal childhood. Yeah. Um, Shreveport again is always home. Um, I still rep the city. Ratchet city is what they call it now. Ratchet city? Ratchet city. Oh, okay. Um, but I love Shreveport, man. I mean, it's, it's in me. Yeah. Um, and I think for anybody that's from Louisiana, um, we consider the top of the boot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Top of the boot. So. All right, so uh, oriented people to your, your family dynamics. How did you grow up? Was it uh, brothers and sisters, two parents? How did how did that work? Out? Um, I grew up with a single parent home. Okay. Um, I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. Um, I did grow up with my dad, but he wasn't in the house with us. Okay. So, um, typical family. Um, I was the big brother, so uh, I was kind of the one that had to do everything right. Uh, my mm. mom. How did that feel? Did you, was, um, it, was it pressure early yes. in life? Talk about that. Um, you know, at my age, I wanted an earring. My mm. mom said no. I wanted a tattoo. My mom said no. Me too. Um, 
we had our own separate phone line. My mom had this curfew where you had to be off the phone at a certain time at night. Um, and it was just hard for me because I wanted to just be a free spirited guy, yeah. a teenager, do yeah. the things teenagers do it. But my mom was like, you know, you have to do this the right way because whatever you do, your brothers are going to do. My so, brothers and I are all four years apart. Gotcha. So I'm thinking they're not even paying attention to what I'm doing because they're doing their own thing. Right. But later in life, it actually came to to realize, to realize for me to realize that they really were paying attention to me. How so? And um, my mom passed. Mm. And um, after my mom's funeral, um, I went to my brother's and just kind of asking them how they were doing. And I asked them, why didn't they cry? And they told me they didn't cry because I didn't cry. So that, that is so common, right? Where that is part of the DNA of being a man, as we're taught, is strength is not crying, right? right. Were you aware at that time? Or was it was that instilled in you to not cry most of your life and it was a natural reaction or lack of reaction at your mom's funeral. It was instilled to not cry. You know, um, my grandfather was a, a very big, um, present in our life. Mm. He was a deacon in the church. He was a pillar in the community. Yeah. And so a lot of people looked up to him and with us being boys growing up, maybe eight, nine boys, two girl cousins, my grandfather always, you know, had us in church doing yeah. things around the house and uh, to be strong. So we didn't cry. You know, we fell. We got up, dusted ourselves off and kept going. So I think through in my mom, you mm -hmm. know, her wanting us to be men yeah. at an early age, um, we were just taught to be strong. Do you think that, um, well, have you, how long ago was this, number one? When well, my mom, mom died in 2008. 2008. Have you since then reflected on it and actually kind of cycled through the emotions that that weren't present that day? Or Absolutely. How Absolutely. long after were you? did you come to that point of maturity? Maybe a year later. I went wow. through grief counseling. Oh, kudos to you. And it was, it was very trying for me to go through that because mm. I felt like that was weak. I didn't feel someone could talk to me about something that didn't know me. Yeah. And it was just a random person that came to me and said, why don't you think about going to grief counseling? Yeah. I was walking around literally with my mom's funeral program in my pocket. Wow. Wow. Um, and I would just pull it out randomly and read it. For me, that was like a comfort zone to try and cope with it. Did you, um, you said, cause you, I, I zoned out a minute when you said week because that resonated with me. Um, I was having a conversation with another, another, uh, another black man um, around the same, right in our age group a couple of days ago. I was on this podcast, and I said there was a period where I felt weak, and I didn't think anything of it when I said it. It was honest, but I'm interested from your perspective. Why do you identify that as weak? I think it, I think it, I agree with you, but like, what's, what do you, why do you feel like you were weak at that point? Um, just showing emotion. Um, simply put. That simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course in maturing and growing, 
as a man, you start to realize that it's not a weak emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it helps you to realize who you are. Yeah. Um, and not to just put up, because I mean, at the end of the day, you're lying to yourself, trying to be this strong person, because you know when you're by yourself, that emotion is probably going to come out. Yeah. We're doing this for our surroundings, so yeah. we can look like nothing makes me cry. Nothing, you know, I'm hard, I'm strong. For that next year, how did you fight it? Like, did you did you find other things, whether they were positive or negative, to occupy your time to kind of keep your mind off of it? Because uh, the year, I mean, like again, kudos to you for catching it within a year. But what was that next year like? Um, and going through grief counseling, um, I was able to talk more about my mom's death and how it affected me. Yeah. Some things that I tried to keep to myself. Yeah. I was trying to be strong for my family, for my brothers. Um, at the time, my wife, my daughter. Yeah. And so I just harbored all of that to myself. Yeah. Um, and so people would often come to me and like, you know, you, you're so strong. Really, I wasn't, but it looked that way to people, you yeah. know, at the funeral, you, you know, you just there and you just kind of have this look like I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. But you're really not. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, your wife at the time, how did it impact? So you, you, you. I want to make sure number one, I caught that right. You had a wife at that time yes. when your mom died. Yes. How did that impact your your marriage? Um, at that time we were doing pretty good okay. for the most part because um, she was there with me when my mom was sick, mm. and so we had a daughter together at that time. And I think for us, our main focus was to try to because she was very young. Okay. So we were trying to make sure that she was okay. But she as well was was a big support for me because yeah. she knew what I was enduring and trying to be strong for my family and for my brothers. Yeah. Um, so it, at that point, it was very she was very helpful for me. Okay. Um, as a a shoulder to lean on. Yeah. Oftentimes when I was at my weak points. That's that's dope. And salute to salute to her uh, for being that rock for you. Uh, you you referenced her as your wife at the time, so you you moved on at some point. You you guys with your separate ways at some point. How, yes. how how soon after, or what was the timeline after that? So you, we you divorced in 2016. Okay. All right. So that was a good amount of time afterwards. Yes. Um, your brothers, did your, did your brothers seeing you, again, going back to whatever they saw you do, they did early in life. That's how they were. That was how the whole non-emotional uh, piece of this conversation came about, about the, at the funeral. Did you go into therapy inspire them to go to therapy or get counseling? It did not, but I mm. wish it had. And I really wanted them to because yeah. they live in Shreveport, Louisiana. I live here. Yeah. And I really wanted us to do it together. Yeah. But they were still macho. Yeah. And we have definitely talked about it since then. Okay. And I've, I mean, I still want them to, to go. I think everybody needs to go through some grief counseling when you yeah. lose um, anybody that's close sure. as far as a parent or a sibling. Yeah. Um, but as me and you know how that goes. I, I know how it goes. I had a conversation with my father about his father's death. He was in Vietnam at the time. He got the call or the message to come home. He literally came home for the funeral. He could have gotten out, but he went back to finish his tour. Okay. And we had this conversation probably six months ago, four or five months ago now. And I said, did you ever process your father's death? He said, no. Wow. And he he's seventy he's seventy three now. He was seventy two at the time. So this is fifty years 
at least 50 years of him carrying that. And when I asked him, I thought for sure there was going to be a, a pot. Like, yes, I have. Yes. Maybe not immediately, but at some point he did it. But no, he's carried that for 50 years. And then I started thinking about the conversations I've had with people about their fathers. And it turns from the recollection of them in real time to I wish I had said something before he died. Right. Right. So what if my father died 50 years and you carried that, literally carried that with you to the grave? I mean, that's that's a heavy thing. So I, I, I hope I hope your uh, your your brothers take a cue and, and counseling doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Right. right? It, it could be having a conversation with the right person. Um, that's not a substitute for professional counseling, but just getting it out. I think there's something to it. And I really hope my dad. I'm not sure if like he's from that school of hard knocks. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure that he would. But but back to you. So you so you have this uh, this traumatic event with your mother passing. You're married with a child. You still have to be the lead for the family and be strong. You go for a period of time, and um, there's a decision to 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 part ways as a couple. Can you talk about? what your mind state was at that time. I don't, I'm, I'm not asking for details. I don't, I don't want to be messy at all. Um, but just what it's like to process that as another life event and what age you are at that time. Um, 39, 40. Gotcha. My focus, and I think I'll speak for her, I think both of our focus was our child. Yeah. Um, that has always been my focus. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I'm not gonna say I think I know that for me I didn't want her life to be impacted too much mm. you know I wanted her to still be able to do the things that a normal kid could do at her age yeah. and not be impacted by her parents now divorcing mm. so I did everything that I could I actually moved 10 minutes away so you know we could do the co-parenting thing yeah. um, school things we still did uh, she was in karate, orchestra, Girl Scouts. You yeah. know, I didn't want any of that thing, any of those things to change right. because I know people who have, you know, parents divorced, so now they can't do this or now they can't do that. Financially, they can't do these things. I said, no. Yeah. You know, and we made a pact to each other that we're always going to make sure that she's okay. Um, you know, financially, um, and just know that she's loved. Yeah. Because. You know, these kids at an age, they realize my mom and my dad are not together. So maybe they don't love me, mm. you know, and I didn't want my kid to have that thought about her mom or for me. Yeah. Um, we have joint custody, so we have equal amount of time with her. Okay. For me, that was big because I knew my presence in her life was going to be important. Yeah. For one, she's a girl and this is going to help me as a father be a better man. Yeah. So that was... I think my whole scope going forward and to make sure that, you know, I know it's going to be some changes, obviously, yeah. but minimum yeah. at best. And to know most importantly that she's still loved. Yeah. So talk, I want to talk a little bit more about your daughter. Cause it like, I don't know if you know, but like your face is doing something when you're talking about it. like, like there's this man, there's this excitement. There's, it this, is. there's this, this pride. Talk a little bit about like her man. and your relationship. Let me say this. I grew up with two brothers. So when uh, my wife at the time said she was pregnant, I prayed for a daughter. Most guys are like, what are you doing? Yeah. 
I wanted a daughter so bad, man. And do you know why at the time? Or I don't know, man. It was just this thing with dads and girls. I get it. I get and it. And so it. Yeah. when we found out it was a girl, man, I was like over the moon. Yeah. And I got she let me name her. Shelby Bliss Moore. Oh. Um, Bliss is my grandmother's um nickname. So that's her middle name. That's dope. Love Shelby. And um man, this this little girl is I, I mean, I still call her my Dudas Nudas. Dudas Nudas. Dudas Nudas. Okay. Um She's the apple of my eye, man. Yeah. And she's made me so proud to be her dad, yeah. just a better person. So, yeah, my face light up. It, yeah. That's, that's why, man. It's because that's that's my heart. How does she change you? How does she change you at this stage of your life? Because it's constant. Well, the day she was born, my mom and my brother came down. i never forget. We went to the nursery to go. I went to go show them her because they put them in the nursery. And my mom looked at me and she said, your life is forever changed now. Everything that you do at this point is gonna be for her. Yeah. And no one had ever like said anything to me like that. So compelling. Yeah. And like my whole scope on life just kind of I, I got scared because I'm like, I'm responsible for this person yes. now. And I, you know, we all say, Oh, I'm you know, I'm gonna be a dad, I'm gonna be a dad, but there's a lot of responsibility in mm. being a parent. And my mom said that to me. I mean, looking me dead in my eye, man. And for a minute, I was like, can I do this? Yeah. You know, it's a lot on me. Um, you know, what if I fail, you know? Yeah. And of course, we're going to fail. But yeah. I mean, for me, it's, you know, how do you react to that? What do you do to pick yourself back up? Yeah. But, you know, it was probably one of the, the, the best tasks I've been tasked with in my life. Yeah. I, um... There, there's something about when you see the child. It's so even in my case, the births happen very quickly. Like, and when we got to the hospital, my wife, my wife is a champ. Like, my wife is like, I need to go to the hospital. It's time to have the baby. Within three or four hours, max, babies are out. Wow. And she's in a state where it's like, she's just, she's uncomfortable, but it's never like, I never had the, and I don't, don't want to care. I never had, my wife never displayed any excessive emotion about being pregnant. Like some would say nagging or right. like, like always needy about something. Complete trooper. Okay. And so the baby's coming out was more of a shock. Like I just like, Ooh, ooh, ooh. it's like baby. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but when you go to that nursery and you look through that window, whether you're with somebody or by yourself, it's like everything hit me. I'm like, yeah, dear God, why do you trust me with this? Yeah. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I don't have the answers for me, let right. alone somebody else. So any of the men out there that front and thinking that they uh, don't get impacted by the birth of their child, you need to go get uh, have some blood work done because something's yeah. wrong with you. Absolutely. <laughs> something's wrong Absolutely, with you. Absolutely, man. Something's wrong with you. So I want to take a quick break. We're going to hear from a sponsor, um, but we're going to come back and talk about your relationship with your dad and uh, okay. kind of dig into that. So we'll be right back. What's good, fam? I know you're enjoying the episode, but I am excited to share with you today a brand new sponsor to the DSP family. Tate Wellum, T-A-T-E-W-H-A-L-U-N, Tate Wellum. High fashion accessories, watches. I mean, the timepieces are exquisite. If I do say so myself, I prefer the executive collection. There are several to choose from. What I need you to do is head over to their website, T-A-T-E. 
W-H-A-L-U-N.com. When you get to check out after you filled your basket with all the things that I know you're going to find there, use the code, the DSP, T-H-E-D-S-P for 20% off. They'll know that I sent you Tate Welling, black owned, responsibly managed, new sponsor to the podcast. I look forward to the continuing partnership. God bless. Back to the show. All right, we back. We uh we left off talking about uh relationship with your daughter and just that moment that you bring a child into the world. Uh, we're gonna pivot a little bit and talk about your relationship with your father. Uh, cause you mentioned that um he was around but not in the house. I think I caught that uh when, when you were kind of framing out your family dynamics. So let's uh let's let's talk about that as early as you want to start. Um, so my dad that I grew up with mm-hmm. um was in the military. Okay. So he wasn't like in the household as often as a regular dad would be. Okay. Um, but I still had a good relationship with him. He had two brothers. So I had two uncles that was always around because, of course, they were in the neighborhood. Gotcha. So I had all these father figures around me as well as my grandfather. And I had an older cousin. So I had a whole lot of men yeah. making sure I stayed on the right now. My dad would always call for birthdays, um, always send stuff for Christmas. Yeah. Um, his side of the family would always come and get me. Um, so I was, I felt very loved as a kid growing up with families and having a, uh, father present in my life. Okay. What, um, so he was around, was he around the entire time or like kind of frame out how long your father was around. Do you still have a relationship today? Yes, okay. I still do. I All still right. do. Um, we're not as close today as we were when I was growing up mm-hmm. um, because some things happened in my life that kind of shifted that relationship. Okay. Um, but I would say up until maybe 21, 22. Okay. Anything you can share about what caused that shift? Um, well, I found out when I was about 26, 27 mm-hmm. that he was not my father. Okay. Um, how? How did you find out? So I have a good friend of mine that I found out was my first cousin. Now you got to follow me here. That's what just start over. Go <laughs> one ready. Uh, okay. Good, so let not, me not 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 you my cousin because you my friend, but you're actually my cousin. You're my cousin. So okay. ninth grade year, high school, I meet. This girl just struck up a conversation. She says, you know, her name. I tell her my name. We start talking. She says, my grandmother lives in Stony Hill. I'm like, I live in Stony Hill. She tells me her grandmother's name. The name rings a bell because I know this lady. I play drums at my church. She comes to my church and see me play drums all the time. Mm. She says, my grandmother. I'm like, okay. So we're friends. We hang out. Nothing sexual. Yeah. Just very tight. I go, I meet her mom, her dad. We just tight all the way through high school. So we get to, this was 99. Mm. 1999. We're hanging out. Um, I'm home for a wedding. And one of our classmates passed. So I'm home for a wedding and a funeral. Gotcha. We're hanging out. 
She's like, we need to talk. I'm like, what's going on? She says to me, I think you're my cousin. I'm like, I am. She's like, no, I think you like my real cousin. I said, what do you mean? She says, I think my uncle is your dad. So I'm saying, <laughs> wait, I'm saying, I'm saying. wait a minute. So I think my uncle is your dad. Yes. I'm I'm gonna sit over here and process it, but you keep going. And I'm gonna catch so back up with I'm you. I'm saying, who is your uncle? And so she tells me his name. Now, his name does sound familiar to me when I hear it. But I'm like, I need to talk to my mom yeah. because I know who my dad is. Right. She's like, you look like him. You know, you're, you know, I have this hairiness. You're hairy like him. Yeah. Y'all are very much similar. Okay. Go home. Hey, mom, we need to talk. And so I, I actually tell her his name. Do yeah. you know this guy? And my mom just gives me this look that I've never seen on her face ever before. And she said, who, who, who told you that? And so I tell her who told me that, which she knows yeah. the person that told me. And she says, that's your father. She says, but wait a minute. If you're going to be angry, be angry at me. And for a minute, I didn't know who I was. I literally was like, well, wait a minute. Is this person not my father? And she says, no. She says, when I got pregnant with you, I told him I'm pregnant for someone else. And he said to me, I don't care. So he took you on as his son, took you to his family. Mind you, they have raised me since I was born. I mean, never treated me any differently. And so I'm like, wow. well, who is this guy that's my father? So she tells me this story about um, they were 16, 16, 17. She got pregnant. He didn't want kids. Um, she was heartbroken about it. Yeah. And um, my grandparents, my mom's parents said, we will help you with this child. She's dating this new guy who knows that this child isn't his. And my life went on from there until I was 28 at the time. Yeah, man. So your your mom and her parents knew your grandparents knew everybody knew every even his side of the even the 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 father that took you in uh as a son because he was with your mother his side of the family knew they knew the joke was on you joke was on me i grew up all my life and everybody knew this but me um as a child and i guess for them it just didn't matter. Like, this family, man, I mean, if I get emotional, just bear with me. They mean so much to me because they have never left my side for anything. They have never not said that I was not a part of their family. To this day. Yeah. My aunts, my uncles, all of them. Like, to this day. Yeah. Um, And we have never had a conversation about it. I had a conversation with my dad. I went to my dad and said, hey. So, I'm not trying to be anything but clarify your biological father or your the father that raised you? The father that raised okay. me. Okay, okay. Um, I went to him and said, you know, he said, what did your mom tell me? I, I said, my mom told me that this guy 
my biological father, but you know, you took on and raised me. He said, "You're my son." I mean, of course, he, of course, yeah. he, he definitely told me that I wasn't his biological son, but yeah. in his eyes, I'm his son, and I am. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you couldn't tell me any differently now. My aunts, which is the dad that raised me, his sisters to this day, they're still my aunts. Yeah. Um, his brother, yeah. Um, still my uncle. We just went to LA in 20. Yeah. Went to like a game and hung out. I mean, I'm still close with this family. Yeah. My dad that raised me, my grandmother, his mom just passed in September of 2021. Wow. I actually sealed the casket. I mean, this is how connected I am with this family. Yeah, I mean, it's your, it's your family. It's my family, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, but for me, wow. I tried to go back in my mind, man, and try to think of a time where they didn't treat me like I wasn't their family. Yeah. I tried to find where maybe my cousin got a, a toy that I didn't get. Or yeah. Maybe my cousin got a coloring book that I didn't get. Never. Never. What did, what did the... So salute to, salute to your family. I'm not going to call them anything but your family because that's your family for being family, yeah. doing through. And that, I mean, that's solid. What did the information do to you? Um, I was numb. I mean, you know, you see these talk shows where yeah, people the have this yeah. stuff. Never in a million years would I think that that would happen to me. Yeah. Because I'm very confident. I know who my family is. You know, yeah. I've had people tell me, oh, you look just like your dad. The dad that raised me, you know. Oh. But now I'm being told. Wow, I got you. That I really look like my biological father, which I really do. Somebody I've never seen before. Ever. So, you know, uh, a part of me felt, I wouldn't say betrayed, but I was like, well, maybe I should try to get to know this guy. Yeah. You know, because he is my father. Yeah. You know, and what's even more strange is I'm so connected with his family now. Mind you, his niece, which is my friend since ninth grade. Oh, right, 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 right. We're right. good friends. Yeah. My grandmother, which is my biological father's mother, uh -huh. would come to my church and see me play drums as a kid. Because she knew? Or is this happenstance? Honestly, I think she knew. I mean, wow. my my grandparents lived five minutes from each other. I'm saying my biological mom, I mean, my biological father yeah. and my mom, parents lived five minutes from each other. So my parents grew up in the same neighborhood. And mm. my grandmother would come to my church and my pastor would say little things like, oh, there's my little member, my little favorite member. Cause yeah. she went to another church, but she would come to my church. After church, she'd come up to me, you know, and, and as a kid, they'd give you $2, $3. I never knew. Yeah. So when we fast forward to my freshman year in high school and my friend is telling me that her grandmother is this lady. I'm like, I know her. Yeah. Like she comes to my church. Yeah. She used to come see me play drums. So I, I mean, I know her, not like, She's my grandmother, which she is, but she's just a little lady in my neighborhood that wow. I know. That, I mean, hearing you unpack it is complicated. Was there ever a point of resentment for the timeline of you getting this information? Not that they, it was clear that they didn't treat you any different, 
but did you, what were the conversations like with them or, or, or was it business as usual? Well, they always embraced me, yeah. but they embraced me as the kid in the neighborhood. They didn't embrace me as the grandson for that side of the family. And I'm talking about my biological yeah. side of the family yeah, now. Yeah. So when this thing is starting to unfold and unpack and yeah. my mom is telling me this is what's going on, my biological father still isn't in the loop because no one has really reached out to him to say, hey, you need to maybe see what's going on with this yeah. situation. So some years pass where we're just kind of sitting on this thing. Wow. And finally, my biological father calls my mom and says, I, I, want to, I want to talk to him. Has that happened? Yeah. He called my mom. Wow. Um, she gave him my number. He called me. Yeah. Uh, it was like New Year's Day of 2004, the year my daughter was born. Told me his name. Told me that he heard that he was my father and he wanted to take a DNA test. Um. So that I was, it was going good until that point. How did you feel about um, that? Was it? Would you, I mean, was he sincerely trying to be sure? I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. But I mean, I'm from an era where if your mama tell you something, yeah, you believe your mama. Yeah, my mama strongly was against me taking a DNA test, but I took it. The DNA test came back to say that he was my father. What did that change? Everything. Because my relationship then with my father that I grew up with became a little strained because now I'm feeling wow. embarrassed to be around this family. Wow. I'm feeling a certain type. They're not. Yeah. They're still embracing me. But I, for years, kind of went away. Wow. So did... And going away, were you going to your father's side of the family to try to find it, or you just needed you just needed some time away from? No, I was trying to go toward my biological father. Okay, how was how was that received? The family, yeah, they embraced me. He did not. He did not. Is he still living? Yes. Does he still not embrace? He still does not embrace me. Well, it's getting it's getting better. Okay, I'll be honest, it's getting better. It's not where I would want it to be. And I always equated with my daughter's life. This happened when my daughter was born. She's 17. Right. She'll be 18 in May. Yeah. So in 18 years, I feel we should have been very far along in our relationship, but we're not. How does that um how does that impact you now? You you're you're, you're a lot more mature now as a person, as a man. You have a child that will change your perspective on fatherhood and some of the dynamics and some Absolutely. of the challenges that, that come with fatherhood. How does it impact? Is there a piece of you today that still wants this? That's still trying to figure that out. Yes. Yes. What, I mean, what, I mean, what is it, what does it look like if you don't mind sharing like the emotion attached to it? Because there's, there's one thing to go figure it out, right. To do the, the mechanics of, okay, well let's have a conversation and let's be around each other. But like, what what is it like internally? How what are you going through as you're trying to figure this out? Um, I feel like parts of me is not good enough. You know, I've spent mm. the last 17 years of my life trying to um, 
be someone that he would be proud of, to be someone that he would want to call his son, to be someone who you can just sit in the backyard and smoke a cigar. Yeah. Let's just go have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's have this kind of conversation. But we don't. Yeah. It's not a bad conversation, but it's very awkward. And yeah. that's not what I want. Um I want us to be closer than what we are. Sure. Um I wanna be I wanna feel like you accept me. Yeah. Um, I want to feel, I know it's not going to be the same kind of love that you have for your other two kids, but I still want to fit in that, in that equation some yeah. kind of way. So what, what, how many other kids does he have and what? He has two. Boy, girl, girl. He has a son and a daughter. Do you know the son? Yeah. What is that like? We're very close. Here's, here's, here's the shocking part of it. I'm very close with my stepmom, my biological dad's wife. Yeah. I'm very close with my brother and sister. Very close. They embrace me from the get-go. Usually when you come into a situation like that, it's like, yeah. I don't know this guy. Like, this is my dad's son. Never. Yeah. My sister embraced me from, she told me, she said, I'm glad you're here because I didn't like being the oldest. Wow. They they joke with me and tell me I look more like our dad than they, they do. do. Yeah. You know what's so that part is not shocking to me. The connection between the children is not shocking to me only because my mother's father, who walked out on her at a very young age, when it started another family, my mom reached out to the to, to the children of his new family and they became close for a period, right? I never met, and I he'll all he'll all he'll only be acknowledged as my mother's father because I never had a grandfather, right? And to to a great extent, she never had a father, Probably. her father around for the times that he should have been there. But he passed. Um, I, I felt nothing. That's not the point. But I'm not shocked that the bond between the children happened. Uh, do you know through conversations with them? Do, have you learned about your father more? Yeah. From so, my brother, I have. Yeah. What What do you think? Um, so what What do you think it is with the information you have about him that is hindering him from from going deeper in and in, in, in allowing you in, in, into that space? I honestly don't know, man. man. I really don't. I've I've talked with my brother about it, and shocking to me, they didn't have a very good relationship growing up. Specifically, the brother of both kids. The brother. I haven't really dove in really deep with my sister, but with my brother, because I figure with him being a male like myself, yeah, maybe he can give me a little insight. Right. Um, but they didn't have a really good relationship growing Man. up, and I don't think that it is a really good relationship now. Now, I will be honest, I think a lot of it is due in part to me because I think when my situation came into the fold, my brother was younger. And I think he mm -hmm. kind of resented his dad because he didn't understand, you know, did this guy cheat on my mom? Did this guy? Gotcha. That wasn't the case. Yeah. Like, I was born before my dad even married his wife and had two kids. Okay. So it took my younger brother some time to realize, you know, it wasn't the case. 
but in talking to my brother, he realized how I was being treated. And he really wanted to be closer to me that I wasn't in the fold enough. So it was some resentment. Now, of course, I've talked to my brother and said, hey, listen, I don't want my relationship with dad to hinder y'all's. I want yeah. y'all to be close. Yeah. Because you grew up in the house with him. Yeah. You know, those were some of the things that I kind of wish I had. Uh, parts of me feel like what my what my life maybe would have looked like had I grew up knowing yeah. that he was my dad all the while. Yeah. You know, but my thing is this. Honestly, I don't resent my dad. That's, I don't dislike him. I have had some angry moments because yeah. of some things. And I think a lot of my anger was because of how I, my mom felt being a single mom teenage mom in yeah. early year early years and not having support yeah having to make those tough yeah and having to wow. really depend on her family and really a stranger yeah. to raise her child at that time of course um but mm. uh last year i sought uh, a therapist to okay. help me um, have a conversation with my dad because a lot of this stuff that I'm telling you, I never had a conversation with my dad to tell him how I felt about right. things. Yeah, yeah. And it helped me get confident in myself to have a conversation with him, mm -hmm. to just put it all out there. Yeah. And, okay, I can build on this because now I can get everything out. And it's not to bash him. For sure. It's not to make him look bad. Yeah. It's just to let him know what I've been holding. Yeah. And like I said, I always equate it to my daughter's life for 17 years because this is when this actually came out when my ex-wife was pregnant with my daughter. Yeah. And um, and going through the counseling, it helped me learn some things about myself. And, you know, again, you know, as, as men, back to kind of this whole trying to be hard. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. You know, we can be vulnerable sometimes in life. And it took a lot for me to have a conversation with my dad and really tell him a lot of the things that I, as a man, felt like I'm a little soft, I'm a little weak mm. saying this stuff. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna uh, step away for another break here from our last sponsor for this episode. And we're going to pick right back up with how that therapy helped you and, and what did you feel when you got to that point where you felt you can have that conversation because I think that's important for people to understand what the other side feels like. It's scary going into it, but when, you, when you're able to have that conversation or at least be in a place where you can get that stuff off, uh, I want to tap into that just a little bit. So we'll be right back. Is that, that's Keisha's? Yeah. Okay. Tip all that while y'all on break. <laughs> you guys are doing great, by the way. Thanks, man. I, I'm, I'm, I get to learn. My part is easy. <laughs> but that's, that's, right, that's, that's, that's work? Yeah, it is. All right, man. Appreciate it, my guy. All right, man. Good meeting you, man. I'll probably see you at Jane's spot when he open up, man. I heard you about to open up pretty soon. Yeah, man. I'll definitely be around. I'll be in there with my camera. Shoot, me too. Let me know. Let me. Oh, look at you. Oh, sweet feet. Both of y'all got sweet feet today. I see you. 
Man, look, I decided to get my boots a rest. Yeah, I, I noticed. <laughs> All right, give us our last. Easy. <clears throat> Feel good so far, man? Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. Um, <clears throat> Straight? All right, we're back, and we're going to tap into what that that uh, that therapy experience was like, what it did for you, and how to help you prepare to to, uh, to to get that load off of your chest. So let's 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 pick up there. Um, I don't get the sense that therapy for me or anybody else that therapy happens overnight. So it was some time investment. Can you kind of walk through what that time horizon was like in therapy to get to a place to a place where you're ready to have that conversation with your father, or at least be vulnerable enough to to to, to get your feelings out? Yes. Um, so I was having sessions twice a week. Okay. And a lot of it was just kind of what we're doing, just general conversation. Mm. She wanted to know about- oh, By the way, this is not therapy. <laughs> let's, let's be clear, this is, a, this is a general conversation. Let's be clear, but go ahead. Um, just general conversation about me, yeah. my mom, you know, I think she wanted to kind of tap into who I was to yeah. find out. So, what, did you know who you were? Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't actually. Mm, okay. You know, um, but what she wanted me to do was to go to um, a lot of people that was in this puzzle. Okay. So on my biological dad's side of the family, and my mom's side of the family, which would be my aunts and my uncles. Okay. And ask them, you know, why they never said anything to me about it. Mm. And in doing that. You know, they all wanted to protect me. Because because this was a very early age when yeah. they brought when they brought okay. So that 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 gives some some color some context. Not that you didn't provide it before, but just not how for me that they weren't. It wasn't malicious. No, like they no, were. No, no, no. Okay, no, yeah, yeah. they were protecting me, and everyone was saying at least on my mom's side of the family that my mom would always tell them, I'm gonna tell him one day, I'm mm. gonna tell him one day. Okay. Uh, my aunts were getting scared because my mom died in 08 and they were, I mean, of course she told me before she died, but mm -hmm. they were just hoping that nothing happened with me or my mom yeah. that I never found out. Was she relieved? Did you get a sense that she was relieved when, when you finally had the conversation? However, it was. I wouldn't use the word relieved, I think, for her, she had just kind of processed it in her mind. Mm -hmm. I don't really think my mom would have told me, honestly. Had I not gone yeah. to her and said, hey, mom, who is this guy? I really don't think my mom would have ever told me. Mm. I think she was that torn. Um, and I think for my life, she didn't want that chapter to open up. But this thing was just bubbling, man. It was yeah. brewing. It was going to come out yeah. at some point. I, I feel yeah. now after kind of looking back at things. Um, but I don't know that she would have really told me. Um, so I'm in therapy last year trying to get up some confidence on how do I have this conversation? Yeah. You know, what do I do? Um, how do I even approach my dad? Because our conversation is how's the weather, right? sports, yeah. Just the basic stuff, you know. We don't say I love you, those kind of things. I feel like my dad loves me. I love him. Okay. But we don't say it. 
What were you? Did you grow up saying it? Yeah. In, in the family that accepted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you you never had a problem telling your daughter that you loved or expressing Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Okay. That's that's fantastic. Even yeah. right now, every time I talk to her, that's how it ends. Love you, Dad. I'm sure. Yeah. You can't <laughs> you can't say nothing about her without smiling <laughs> and being proud. So that's that's dope. But yeah, so that wasn't a problem. But I think for me, it was more of a um, it was more of a situation where. To be honest, just feeling uh, rejected, yeah, or the fear of feeling rejected. Yeah. I think for me, I think that's the I think that is the kryptonite for all men is rejection, right? Yeah. Because somebody not accepting you and you having to deal with that emotion is a tough thing, and it's not part of what we're not to say structured to do, but taught to do in a lot of cases. I I struggle with even things as simple as asking somebody for yeah, whether it's related to a trauma or not, but just what if they say no? Like I, I'm, I'm getting a lot better at it, but I realize a lot of self reflection helped me realize that a lot of, um, a lot of the way that I move has to do with what rejection may come from, right? Right, and it kind of limits my ability, not limits, but it limits. I know it's limited me from opportunities in the past, but, um. Rejection is something, and I don't I don't know what the answer for it is, but I know tapping into that part of me and understanding that about myself gave me a little bit of clarity. Yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not over it yet, so I, I I definitely get that. Um, what is it? What is it? I mean, what does it go? So you we were talking about therapy. You were you were getting up the confidence. What did that confidence do for you? as it relates to the specific situation with your father? And did you find any any collateral benefit where you can apply that confidence where it's changed your life in other areas? Yes. Um, I think going in knowing that this could be a good ending or a bad ending. Mm. Um, my scope wasn't, okay, when I have this conversation with him, he's going to accept me. Everything's yeah. going to be good. Um, of course, I'm going in with a positive intent, but I'm also saying, this could go another way. Yeah. So I have to really adjust my life now to if this goes bad, yeah. if it goes great. But um, I hope that I'm strong enough to not have a grudge if it doesn't go well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Um, I get prepared. Yeah. I drive home to Shreveport on a Monday, not even a weekend. Yeah. Have this conversation with my dad and my stepmom. Didn't oh, go well. Wow. Yeah. Didn't go well. Oh, you, I'm so okay. Your dad and your stepmom. I was thinking you was. I was. You could have had it with your mom. Your dad and your stepmom. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Didn't go well. Um, he's just not there right now. Is what he told me. Just to wow sum it up. And it was really a. It was a blow to me. Yeah. Because I poured out everything, you know, my mom. So he he allowed you to get everything out, yeah. But it was just very short in the response. Uh, I wouldn't say it was very short, but I mean, he just still is not in a place to where he's accepting it yet that I'm his son. Wait a minute. So I'm I'm thinking I was thinking it was about him communicating his feelings about how it all unfolded, but he's not he's not even in a place to accept right the truth. The truth. After he paid for yeah. a DNA test, by the way. 
he, he does he still have some doubt or he's just is that I don't I don't even know I, think, I don't want to speculate I, I think, too much. Well, I'll speculate. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that my dad had maybe in his mind wrote me out of his life. Yeah. And to the point where he can't write me in it. Might be embarrassed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And even with his side of the family, you know, they are even saying like, but you're a great guy. Like you, you haven't been to jail. You not on trial for murder. You're not a, you're like, you're like a, a good guy. Yeah. And I'm not like pumping myself up here, you know? Yeah. Um, but even if I wasn't, I'm still your son. And I've always shown you respect. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person. I don't forget people's birthdays. Right. I don't forget accomplishments, those type of things. Yeah. Like I'm that I'm the family type person. If you graduate and I'm coming to your graduation, if you got an award for whatever I'm there, yeah. you know, it's just me. Not that I'm looking for people to, to call that out. That's just how supportive I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say that because I've never missed my, a birthday of my dad since this I've known about man. him. Father's day, Christmas, those type of things, you know, because again, I mean, I, I figure this is what a son does for his dad. Yeah. You know, my yeah. siblings joke with me. They be like, you got your gifts already sent and we late with sending our stuff. <laughs> right, you know what right. I'm saying? But it's just the type of person I am. And all things considered, I'm like, to myself, even mm. right now in 2022, like, what can I do to feel, wow. you know, or for him to feel that I'm worthy enough? Yeah. You know, it's a struggle for me, but I mean, I'm not giving up. I think that the fact that you're not giving up is is, is admirable. You, you said something about your family, um, you know, reaffirming you that it's not you, right? Because you're you're a good guy. You have all these good qualities. Do you know enough about your father to understand? Like in general, was he a, a, a good guy or do you know? Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about him. Yeah. What I have heard people say is that, you know, he didn't really get a lot of love from his father, which was my grandfather. It was kind of like what you said early on. You and, go. you know, back in those days, you, you, love from your daddy is just, you know, providing for yeah, you. Yeah, it's food in the fridge. Yeah. Do that's you have it. something to say? Yeah. And maybe he doesn't know how to do that. And right. that's why I'm not taking it too personal that it's me per yeah. se. Yeah. I mean, I can't lie and say I don't feel that way sure. in some in some um, instances because yeah. I'm human. Right. Uh, my feelings get hurt too. But, I mean, when that conversation happened in May, I didn't talk to my dad until like August because hmm. I just needed to, that was my time to say, okay, I got to process this Yeah. because I just laid out 17 years of things to you that I felt, you know, sometimes disrespected, sometimes not accepted. Yeah. And like, I don't really get anything back other than the fact that I'm just still not ready yet. I'm just kind of not there yet. And so Mm. August, you know, and this thing that was May, I still sent him something for father's day. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I didn't call. Yeah. And then August came and he reached out to me and um, 
I mean, he knew it had been a while because we don't usually usually go that long without saying anything. Right. And I told him, I said, I don't feel appreciated. You know, I, I you know, I kind of gave you everything that I had in my heart to give. Yeah. And it wasn't accepted well. You know, I wasn't expecting you to just say, hey, I love you, son, or whatever. But and if that's your honest truth, then I accept that. But how would you expect for me to feel at this point, being that I've just given you all this information, yeah. you know, on how I feel, like my truth. Yeah. And we we have we have been still having little conversations about it since then. I don't know where he is in accepting it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hopefully we'll get in a better place. Um, my my whole I guess thought of this was to hopefully inspire some other guys that's going yeah. through some things yeah. to know that you're not alone. Yeah. Your situation is not, man, I'm out here on this island by myself. Yeah. No, there's some guys out here that's really dealing with it. And for me, I think I wanted it to not get me in a bad place on being a father myself. That's what I was going to ask. Like what, what are some clear things that you're conscious of that you do as a father because of your history? I talk to my daughter every day. Gotcha. We're not in the house together every day because, of course, I have joint custody of her. Mm -hmm. But if it's no more than a FaceTime, a text, um, I try to let her know that the door is open for anything that she wants to talk to me about because I don't want her to go a day, a month, a year with some things that that's bothering her that she could tell me. Yeah. I went 17 years, you know, um, after not even knowing my dad for 28 years of my life. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's like my lifespan. I'm 45. Like I said, man, that, that's, that's extremely commendable. Um, I'm proud of you as a, as a, as a man, as a black man, that you're not, that you are intentional intentional about not transferring that trauma to your daughter. I think it's important that she understands your trauma and I don't, I don't want to dig into what discussions that you've had, but hopefully, you know, she hears this, um, you know, uh, she views this content. It'll give her a, a, a greater appreciation, not that she doesn't appreciate you, but just a greater appreciation of who you are as a man and some of the things that you've had to overcome. Because I think that those things, and the gap between like my generation, which you know, our generation and and our father's generations would sound very similar when it comes to communication. Yes. Like those those nuances are the things that that get lost, right? Or if if, if you don't understand the reference of who you are, who your what your lineage is, you're doomed to repeat it and those negative cycles continue. But it helps you like understanding the ability to understand yourself is such a powerful thing. Yes. After that, the ability to be transparent about who you are is a powerful thing. Being vulnerable and telling stories about what you what you you know you've overcome or what you're working through, it is a very powerful thing. And I know that your message is going to reach the right person. I know that because I get messages all the time about how this helps people, and that is the only. So there's three pillars of this podcast platform reveal trauma we talk about ways to heal from trauma 
and then we try to help others through telling stories of it all, right? So right. If, 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 if I don't have guests on that are so selfish that they can't reveal things with the intent to help. So I know that this conversation is going to help um, the right people. I hope, I sincerely hope that there is an exchange between me and you at some point, not necessarily on this podcast platform, where it says, hey, my dad took me. I got what I wanted from my dad. Right. right? I, I got that conversation. We went deep. I've seen it happen before and there's no magic about anything because like, this is not therapy. Right. I just hope that energy, the energy of this content translates and transforms him, the relationship that you have with him to a place where you can get that clarity and get um, that acceptance from your father. Right. I sincerely hope and pray that that is not a regret. Um, I always get to this place and I'm like, there's so much more to talk about because there is. Uh, oh, yeah. But the, the time is the time is far spent for this conversation. Um, I hope you're open to having future conversations. Uh, Absolutely. Whether it's whether it's digging further into your story or just about helping. I'm thinking about a panel, um, a panel opportunity or idea to just have some black men talk about things like in a barbershop or like you're sitting in the garage, that kind of thing. And That's I a think, great idea. I think your uh, your perspective will be will be helpful at some point. How can the people find you? You mentioned you mentioned you're a drummer. We I didn't even get to circle back to that, but you you you're you're an artist. You're an artiste. Talk a little <laughs> bit about that. Yes, yeah, so I play drums um, at uh, my church on Sundays, okay. Pilgrim Ridge Baptist Church. Um, 1819 Washington Street there you it's go. in Dallas, Texas. Uh, services at 10 o'clock every Sunday. And I also play with a band, Intense Music. Okay. Uh, we play currently um, every Friday night at uh, True Kitchen Cocktails. Okay. Downtown Dallas. I think it's on Am Street from 7 to 9. So, um, yeah, you can come check me out okay. on the church scene. Yeah, yeah. Or on the R&B scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's how you can find me okay. when I'm not... Doing that, um, being a, a girl dad. For sure. Um, about to be a future two girl dad. I'll be getting married in uh, uh, later this year. And uh, yeah, that's going to be quite another adventure because yeah. now I'll be gaining a 13-year-old. Um, well, you've who, been through it, but it'll be a reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she she's a basketball player. Okay. So she's in the sports. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of reliving some things that i actually did with my daughter because okay. i'm kind of going back a few years but i'm excited about it That's dope. uh i have an amazing fiance who is even in this midst of going through things has been my rock mm. um so important and, and yeah man just keeping me lifted yeah. and and being um so supportive of me yeah yeah um i couldn't ask for a better partner awesome uh any any social media you want to shout out uh i'm on Instagram okay. and Facebook under my name. Okay. Um, we'll put it in the description. Okay. Okay. We'll put it in the description. And if you listen to audio, it'll be on, uh, on the show notes. Uh, speaking of which, let me address the audience right quick. Uh, for my audio listeners, whatever platform you've chosen, I appreciate you. I thank you. Please make sure you're following and that you're rating this podcast. It actually helps. It means a lot. For those that are on YouTube, what's good? You've enjoyed the, the video experience. Um, 
please make sure that you're subscribed. There's a lot of people watching. Um, Y'all don't always hit the subscribe button and follow. I'd appreciate it if you do. It means a lot. Um, thank you. Been a great conversation, man. Just I, I, I'm really some of the things you said. I'm, I'm still processing, like trying to put myself in that space of how, how it would impact me. Uh, again, salute to you for doing the work, going to therapy, uh, getting what you need to understand you and process, uh, you know, these challenges and these uh, scenarios that life is throwing your way. So, thank you. Um, I won't prolong this any further. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.